All right, if you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 2. Uh, this is one of uh, the most beloved Christmas stories, uh, the shepherd's account of um, what was happening, their part, part in this glorious story. So we've been talking over the last few weeks about what it means to be full of wonder, right? Because it's not the most wonderful time of the year because of the stuff It's the most wonder-filled time of the year as we celebrate Jesus. And so we've been looking at some of the, um, the stories, the narratives of some of those who have made a cameo in this great story. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at Simeon. And Simeon found wonder because he held on to the promise of God. And for some of us, this Christmas, we hold on to the promise of God, even when it's hard, even when that promise seems difficult, and we will experience wonder. Last week, we talked about the wise men, the magi, and how they went on their their journey uh, throughout the, the countryside, and they arrived at the manger, and they were filled with joy and wonder, and they found their wonder because they were curious. Some of us, if we want to find wonder this year, we're going to have to be more curious. We've got to ask questions. We've got to take risks. We've got to step forward. Today, we're going to talk about the shepherds. And unlike the other two characters, they found wonder not because of something they did, but because of something that God did. The key to their wonder was this surprise was this, this spark, this shock to their ordinary, boring, mundane lives. As we think about what wonder is, we realize that all wonder, everything wonderful, contains an element of surprise, an element of astonishment. Even as we think about our Christmas season uh, this year, the best moments are not going to be the moments that we plan for. They're going to be the spontaneous moments that surprise us, right? Because that's how Christmas works. That's part of the anticipation and expectation that we have. It's about these wow moments. And this story in Luke chapter 2 is all about those wow kind of surprises, those shocks, those sparks. As you read through it, if you were going to do so uh, at a distance, you would see it's framed by words like suddenly and surprise and hurrying. Because the shepherd's story is marked by expectation. You have to read through this story quickly because it's a fast-paced adventure that the shepherds are on in their scene of this Christmas story. Simeon experienced wonder through holding on to promises. The wise men experienced wonder through curiosity. The shepherds experienced wonder through a spark. This Thanksgiving, um, things were a little bit hurried in household, uh, in our household. And we decided last minute that we wanted to go away. So we booked a hotel at the beach just for a couple of nights. And uh, when we finally book vacation, I'm always keen to get there as soon as we can so we can maximize vacation. 
So I kind of dashed home and Tracy dashed home and the kids were off school and we quickly um, played a little game of Tetris Jenga, right? Trying to fit everything in the back of my car. And we just about kind of squashed everything in in a hurry as quickly as we could. We put down the, the trunk, we jumped in the car, um, we set the alarm, we checked we had everything. I went to turn the key, and for the first time in the time that I've had the car, the battery had died. Now, I must turn that key 10 times a day easily. And I've had the car for three years, so that's a lot of turns. But right at the moment, when we are hurriedly pulling away on our vacation, this battery is flat. I looked in the mirror of the car because we're all sitting there with our seatbelts on and the kids are just kind of like sinking like this because they're worried about how dad is going to react. But I went into handle it mode and we pushed the car out the garage. We put it next to the van. We put the jumper cables on and we gave it a, a spark. And the engine started and we were able to begin this adventure. What started our vacation was a spark that recharged the battery. And that's what happened to the shepherds because the shepherding job is a flat battery operation. It is a dead end job that is going nowhere, that gains you very little, that most of the time is incredibly boring and is one of the most mundane things that people get to do. Shepherding was not this great adventure of life. It had a flat battery for these shepherds. And they were never able to start what they were doing. That was so wrong. That was so sad. That was so disappointing because life is not meant to be a dull obligation. Life is meant to be a glorious adventure. But they couldn't live this glorious adventure because they were shepherds. Nobody liked shepherds. Shepherds had to work in shifts. 12 hours on, 12 hours off. That meant that they couldn't ever fully participate in society. They couldn't make friends. They couldn't move in the same kind of social circles that folks with normal jobs did. It was a flat battery job. The religious people of the day, they wanted nothing to do with shepherds. Because the shepherds couldn't go to temple for two reasons. One, their shift work wouldn't allow it. But secondly, they were handling animals all the time. Dirty, impure animals. And so there was no way that they would ever be around the religious people in this very religious society. The shepherds were living a flat 
battery job. And because of that, they had to live a flat battery life. These shepherds were probably just outside Jerusalem, which tells us something very significant about what's happening. The sheep, though, that they were watching were probably the sheep that were used in the worship sacrifices. So these shepherds didn't just have a difficult job, didn't just have a flat battery life, there was extra pressure on them to keep these sheep perfect because only the perfect lamb was going to be able to be sacrificed as an act of worship to God. There is something so poetic and beautiful about that. That those who were keeping perfect lambs were some of the first to see the perfect lamb of God who was going to be sacrificed once and for all for us. But shepherding was a flat battery job that caused a flat battery life. We read their story, their boredom, their monotony, and we think, God, why did you come to those guys first? Why did you come to those who had nothing, to those who were, were bored, to those who were despised? And then we realize that's how God works. In fact, that's where God does his best work. These guys had no pride. They had no ego. They had no obligations that would get in the way because they were living a flat battery life. Life is a glorious adventure, but for them, it was a dull obligation. They were living with a flat battery. Luke says they were staying in the fields, guarding their flocks by sheep. Flocks of sheep. And then everything changes in verse 9. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he says. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped, in, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. They were living this flat battery life when all of a sudden God provides a spark. Do you often feel like you're living a flat battery life? It's the same thing over and over again. In fact, things that get, should be getting easier get harder. That joy and optimism that was so vast at one time is shrinking. 
That relationship that meant so much and it was so special isn't as special anymore. And sometimes at the end of the day, you stop and you can feel the power leaving your battery and you realize that you've been living a flat battery life. Here's the good news. God is in the business of sparking and restarting flat batteries. The shepherds, it's a flat battery occupation. Then all of a sudden, an angel comes and he puts the red wire on the red battery, the red point and the black on the black. And he starts singing. And he starts shouting. And he starts proclaiming. And all of a sudden, these shepherds who had been living a flat battery life receive a spark. Suddenly, the angel appeared to them. The whole place lit up, not because the sun had risen, but because of the glory of the Lord was so bright. The angels were filled with fear. Sometimes when we're going to get a shock or a surprise, fear is our primary reaction, right? Don't be afraid, the angel said. So the angels always said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all people. I'm sure at the time the shepherds didn't understand the full depth and breadth of that statement. Good news, they hadn't had much of that. Great joy, even less of that. For all people, even them. This proclamation from the angels was the spot that they needed to recharge their flat battery. This is all happening in Jerusalem was where they were. But the angel points to, to Bethlehem. There's some other rich symbolism here as the shepherds were tending the, the perfect lamb for sacrifice where the perfect sacrifice would come. They knew about Bethlehem. They knew, as we talked about last week, that it was a city of David. And they knew David was a great king. But the thing that they would have connected with about David was that he was a shepherd and they would have known that he was the shepherd who wrote, the Lord is my shepherd. And so, so, so something is stirring within them. Something has been sparked within them as they hear about Bethlehem because they know Bethlehem because that's where, where the good shepherd is talked about. How incredible that the good shepherd, David, spoke to shepherds in a way that they would understand and took them to a place that had been so pivotal in their career and in their understanding. They get a little spark. Their flat battery life starts to be re-energized. But then that little spark kind of catches on. And, and the inner engine of their life just starts to, to rev 
because now there's not just one angel, there's a whole host of angels. Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Man, that would have been such a confusing lyric for these shepherds. They only ever knew that they were the lowest, yet they were visited by someone from the highest. They've never experienced peace on earth because they were segregated and they were looked down upon and they were frowned upon. Glory in the highest heaven to the lowest. Peace on earth to those who know no peace, whom God is pleased with. Man, if they'd have thought this through, they would have had to scratch their heads. God's pleased with us? We haven't been to the temple for years. We've broken all the laws because of what we do. How can God be pleased with us? But hearing of that, that favor of God upon them was the final spark. And their engine was, was up and running again. They had lived this flat battery life. This spark came from heaven. It energized And then they did what we do when we restart our car battery. They went to get the battery tested. The, the, the angel said, hey, head down to Bethlehem. See what's going on. Check it out. When we had our battery problem uh, going on vacation, part of me wanted just to kind of plow through, right? We've got this thing running. Let's just see how far this battery can take us. But fortunately, wisdom prevailed and we just made the short journey from our house to the car battery place <laughs> where they did their little chest and they say, oh yeah, it's, it's dead. You need a new one. In the same way, these shepherds went to check and to see what was going on. They, 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 they were sparked. They were excited. They saw the possibility ahead of a life as a glorious adventure. But they needed to examine it and to know what's going on. And so we, we read that they left their flocks, which was an incredibly irresponsible thing to do. Especially these sheep that were so important to the religious worship. What if someone had showed up to steal them? What if an animal had attacked them and the shepherds were AWOL? In many ways, it was irresponsible. But if we have a choice about being responsible before man or faithful to God, we got to choose faithfulness to God. Often faithfulness to God looks like being responsible before men, but if we got to either or, we choose faithfulness to God. So they went to check it out. They went to see how much truth, how much validity, how much voltage there was in this battery that had just been recharged. So they headed south to Bethlehem. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see if this thing has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Verse 16, they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. You know, you ever made that trip from your flat battery location to the place where you buy the battery? <laughs> you don't want to be held up at lights, right? 
You want to get there quickly because you don't want to stall and, and lose your power. So, so they hurried to the village. They found Mary Joseph and there was the baby lying in the manger. They were living this flat battery life. They got this spark that energized them. But then they went to check out the health of this new life that was in them. Can I say that a lot of people in the faith don't get to check out, to investigate, to understand, or to fully know how much power is within them, right? This is often how Christianity works in our, in our country, in our culture. We live this flat battery life and we say, hey, come to Jesus and everything will be great. And people get this spark and they drive through life, but there's not much voltage in it. So sooner or later, that battery will, will die again. They had this mundane life. They got the spark, but they went to check it out. It is more and more vital for us if we want to grow and grow that we are continually evaluating, checking out, understanding, and knowing the claims of God in Christ. So, so often we've got this culture in, in our churches where we say, hey, it's, it's wrong to question God. It's wrong to ask these hard questions. But the shepherds tell us, no, let's go check it out. Let's see what's really happening here. Before I lived in Florida, some of you know I lived in California. We had a guy in the church I was in in California. His name was Buzz Grantham. And he was an evangelist. And he was one of the most annoying evangelists I knew. Because he would come up to you and he'd get in your face and he would say, hey, do you know that God loves you? Yeah, I do. Good. Thanks. Let's move on. And then he would get even closer and he would say, do you know that you know that God loves you? Yeah, yeah, I do. Good. Thanks. Let's give me my space back. And then he would get closer and closer. Do you know that 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 God loves you. And as much as that drove me crazy, I also appreciated it so much because no matter how much we think we know God, there is always more to know. Do you know that you know that you know? And when you think that you know, that you know, that you know, then you move to the next level, which is knowing that you know, that you know, that you know. Because there's always more to know. There's always more uh, voltage to get. There's always more power and grace to receive. There's always more humility that we need. And so these shepherds go because they'd heard about it, but they wanted to know that they know that they know. That was the test of their battery. Dead battery lives. Receive a spark from Jesus, from heaven. And they go and check it out. 
And as they check it out, they realize that there is something before them that is so beautiful, so incredible, so wonderful, that what they had didn't satisfy, and they want this thing that is ahead of them, not the thing that was behind them. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger, period. Verse 17 says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened. At the end of that sentence, before that next verse, nothing is written, but a whole lot happened. Somehow, the shepherds changed. In some way, they were filled with wonder. Something struck them that caused them to do a 180. You know what I think happened? I think they replaced the battery. If you will, I think as they looked at Jesus... They traded their old uh, battery that just had a temporary spark for a new one that was going to have the power to take them where they needed to go and the power to do what they needed to do. You know what I think happened? This baby Jesus took their old hearts that was riddled with sin and shame that has started to live this dull, monotonous, lost life. And I think in that moment, it was replaced. It was restored. It was renewed by the power of God. That there are no words in Scripture that describe what happened, but something happened. Because these shepherds went away and told everyone. That was unusual because they didn't know anyone. They kept themselves to themselves. But something changed that they were okay to go and tell people. Verse 18, all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. There are two reasons why they were astonished. One, because they were astonished by the story. Secondly, because they were astonished by those who were telling it. Why would God use shepherds? Meanwhile, verse 19, Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard. It was just as the angel told them the angels uh, the shepherds were living this flat battery life they got this spark this glimmer of hope as the angels showed up they went to to check it out to see what was happening and they were so caught up by by what they saw and who they saw in the manger that they went back and lived different lives Because they had a new battery. 
Life wasn't just a dull obligation. Life was supposed to be and could be now this glorious adventure. Flat battery, spark, check it out, get a new battery, go on your adventure. That's the story with a twist. Because the shepherd's adventure took them right back to where they had come from. Meeting Jesus for them was not a launching pad to travel the world and proclaim the gospel. Meeting Jesus was a call to go back to the lives that they had lived previously, but to live those lives differently. So many people say, man, I don't know about this life following God. What if he calls me to somewhere I don't want to go? What if he calls me to be around people who I don't know or don't like? And he may. But more often than not, throughout Scripture, when God gets hold of a person, the calling is not to somewhere new. It's to where we came from to live in a new way. And that's the call of Christmas. It's to go back to those places that we came from, but to live differently because God is with us. That's what the incarnation means, right? That Jesus would come and live among us. As we have our life changed, more often than not, we're called to live the same life we had, but just live it differently and live it better and live it richer and live it fuller and live it for the purposes of God. Simeon found wonder by holding on to a promise. The wise men found wonder by being curious. The shepherds found wonder by being jump-started by God. This Christmas, let us pray for our world and for us that we and them can be jump-started in our heart again by this great and glorious news of the Son that God has given. They were living flat battery lives. They got a spark. They checked it out. And they replaced the battery.